coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. Let's not just talk about what happens here, but what happens to holding Ukraine funding for the war, Israel funding for the war hostage bill. When do we start holding people and situations hostage? When do we start doing that? Said based on everything that they've collected, they believe and uh, can prove that Donald Trump engaged in insurrection and rebellion against the United States. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black the, people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? Not one. Come not on, Bill, one. you got to have one, a nope. token black person, a token. And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids. And I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we just come to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. God, we just thank you for your grace and mercy. We just thank you for all the blessings that you showed us over the holiday season, God. God, thank you for time with family, friends, and time to rest. And we just ask you to continue to bless us and keep us and give us insight and opportunity. And God, we promise that we will make the best of it, not for what we say, but for what you say. So we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and believe. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, just uh, thank you for the start of a new year. We thank you for the blessings you've given us in 2023 and also the challenges that you gave us in 2023 and how you saw us through all those challenges. Lord, as we uh, embark on a new year, we ask for blessings on our family and our friends and all of our podcast listeners. Keep them safe as they travel about. Keep them uh, safe uh, from uh, various illnesses that are going around and uh, bless them and bless their families. Amen. Amen. Bill, guess what? What? The good looking black man went during the holidays, probably right before Christmas. And I went to CVS and I went online and I signed up for the COVID-19 shot, the booster. Okay. I signed up for the flu shot. I signed up for, what is it? CRV? Uh, what is it? One of those things. Uh, RSV. RSV. CRV, RSV. I signed up for it all, Bill. Did you get the WXYZ one? I didn't get the WXYZ, but I went over there and the people said, Mr. Cleveland. And I said, okay, yes. And I went in the back room, Bill, in the back room. You know, a lot of things happen in the back room. And the next thing I know, he said, well, how do you want it? I'm like, how do I want it? I'm like, okay, which one is going to hurt the most? So, and he said, well, probably the COVID. So I said, okay, put that in my off arm, put it in my left arm, and then the other two put it in my right shoulder. So, Bill, I manned up. I went in there. I didn't have to bend over to get a shot in my body, nothing like that. But, Bill, I came out of there, man, just in the next day, the arms hurt and everything else. But all in all, I survived. My arms didn't fall off. COVID didn't get me yet, Bill, and the shot didn't get me yet either. Did you uh, have a reaction or anything? You get a had no reaction. No, really? no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just, and I understand different people's perspective on the shots, different people's perspectives on the vaccines. I understand all that, and I agree with everyone having the right to make their own decisions. But I thank God that we're no longer at a place where we're wearing masks on the planes and we're doing all those things again. But I heard that that might be coming back with, uh, you know, the whole thing around November, December. But now we're in January. So I don't know. Are we back? I know we all have sniffles and stuff like that. 
but I don't think we're back to where we are because I think I saw something that said the average adult national average is about 16% who's taken the uh, COVID booster. Do you have any idea, sir? No, I don't know any of those numbers, but, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I've, I've seen more and more. Like I, I was just at Walmart and I saw a number of people. Walmart. I didn't think I didn't think you shop at Walmart, my friend. Well, I was I was there for a number of years. Okay, you were there for another reason. Yeah, yeah. You were not. You wouldn't mess with the Girl Scout cookie. You wouldn't buy no Girl Scout cookies. Were no, you? no, no. I don't even need them. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> okay. The, well, uh, wait a minute. I love them thin mints. Thin mints, Girl Scout <laughs> cookies. I'm gonna get my thin mints. Well, a lot of people were wearing masks and at I, Walmart. Yeah, including some of the workers. So I'm seeing more and more masks. And you know, if you go to Japan, people wear masks all the time when they go out. And uh, so I think, you know, masks may be, you know, obviously they're optional, but I think particularly people that might have a pre-existing condition may want to wear them. I know at Christmas, we had a number of relatives that didn't show up because they were sick with the flu or RSV or something. So I caught a little, mine was a sinus more than anything else. And then uh, our daughter, Lisa Kay got it. She was a lot more sick, but uh, it's just like a cold. You get a cold, and uh, a lot of people said it was a cough that lingered. I didn't have that, even though I do sneeze and cough. But anyhow, th- that's what happened. But I do think you had a reaction to the uh, shot. Oh, shots. what kind of reaction did I have, Mr. Goble, sir? Dr. Goble, I'm sorry. Well, I've been examining very closely that your hair is starting to grow. More. <laughs> <laughs> My afro is gone, sir. The afro is gone. And you know what? I'm not going to do the, what's that toupee thing that people do? What's that? Uh, I'm, I'm Listen, I'm just going natural. I'm not trying to get a hair transplant. I'm not going over to Turkey. I think the new thing now is going over to Turkey and they do a hair transplant and all this kind of, oh, listen, really? Yeah. Oh, listen, man. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be me. I'm going to be the healthiest version of me. There you and go. I want to age gracefully if there's such a thing. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That's the way you do it. Uh, age gracefully. Over Christmas, I went to my my high school guys meet for lunch, and so I usually try and make it. And we had about 16 or 18 guys. Out of how many? Uh, the ones that are alive, we probably got about 300. <laughs> the ones that are still alive from my high school class, we probably have about 300. So what does the old geezers from your high school class talk about, Mr. Goble, sir? Well, it was interesting. All of them are retired. I'm the only one still working. Okay. And uh and I they said, Are you gonna retire? I said, I am retired. I'm doing exactly what I want to do and I'm enjoying it. And God keeps opening doors, so I go through them. And my health's holding out, so I'm gonna do it. But the guy next to me comes in in a walker. Oh man. And uh he's bald as a cucumber. <laughs> okay. And, and uh bald as a cucumber. I've never heard that before, <laughs> but go ahead. And he uh he was way overweight. Obese is the word I'd use. Okay. And uh God, I hope he's not listening. Yeah, he <laughs> is. He is. He is. Just don't say his name. Okay. Just don't say his name, please. <laughs> and then uh, a couple other guys came in with oxygen, and and the conversation was interesting. It was talking about major health issues, uh, <laughs> all the health issues they had, and you know who died and and all that stuff. And I'm like, holy cow, this is, this is depressing me. But the best thing that happened was this comment. The guy next to me that was bald as a cucumber, one of the guys sitting down there had a full head of gray hair. Okay. I mean, a full head. Okay. And he was giving some static to the bald-headed guy. And the bald-headed guy just stopped him and he said, just a minute. He said, my hair had the decency and the dignity to fall out before it died. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's funny. That's funny. You know, when you start thinking about decency and dignity a lot is going on now bill about the 14th amendment section three and all that kind of good stuff so we're getting a lot of that right now and let's talk a little bit about that but i understand that all of our listening audience knows exactly what it means and what it doesn't but maybe one person out there is a little foggy on it so bill can you read that part of and tell us what this is all about so i'm going to simplify it okay, okay thank make you make it simple first off how many people up until maybe maybe a month ago even knew there was a 14th amendment with the section three correct yeah i mean i didn't i didn't so it's educating us what's in the constitution 
So here it is. In short, Section 3 disqualification appears to apply to any covered person who has taken an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. I did that when I was on the school board. Wow. Thereafter, either of the following happens. One, engages in insurrection or rebellion against the United States, or two, gives aids or comfort to the enemies of the United States. So that's, that is the summary, the synopsis of that. So they're claiming that Trump, because of January 6th, engaged in insurrection or rebellion. Now, it's interesting. The 1,260 folks that have been already convicted have been charged. Many of them have been charged under this Section 3 of the 14th Amendment for insurrection. And uh, I was just listening before I came up. The people that were part of the January 6th Congressional Review said, based on everything that they've collected, they believe and uh, can prove that Donald Trump engaged in insurrection and rebellion against the United States. And we're going to find that out. But he's never been charged with that, though. No, I don't think he has been charged. You're right. But the states are now stepping oh, in. Okay. Like Colorado is and Maine is, and they're going there because the state offices also have to uphold the U.S. Constitution. So the people in the states are saying, it's my job to uphold the Constitution. If I see that somebody violates the Constitution, my job is to protect the Constitution. Okay. Let's, can we stop there for a minute? Sure. And, okay. Let's drill a little deeper. First and foremost, Odell Cleveland, the good looking black Democrat, is not sticking up for former President Donald Trump when I say what I'm getting ready to say. But what I am saying is that my understanding is former President Donald Trump has never been charged with insurrection. I don't think. I might be wrong. I don't know. However, I'm not a fan of former President Donald Trump because I'm the one who kept pushing the idea of no Biden, no Trump in 2024 back on the TV show uh, Swing State and on many times on this podcast. So with that being said, so let's go back and see from our perspective, leave Trump out of it, leave Biden out of it, all this kind of good stuff. January 6th. Was there an attack on our capital, Mr. Goble? You betcha. Well documented. And uh, there's been, uh, like I said, 1,200 and some people convicted. I knew one of them that got convicted, a guy by the name of Charles. He was a member of our hunt club, a little wacky guy. But he, uh, he actually used our hunt club for maneuvers with the Proud Boys. He was the head of Proud Boys in North Carolina and a lieutenant in Proud Boys in uh, United States. And I think he got a seven year term. Was uh, it suspended or is he actually doing time? He's doing time. He's when they arrested him two years ago, he's, he's, he was in prison. So he's got two years. He's already served. He's still got four more to go. So, and they charged him with article 14, section three. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. King Asabi, the hunt club is the same hunt club that Odell used to be a member of the first black member of the hunt club that we had in Virgilina because it was on the border of Carolina and Virginia. Correct. Correct. And all those woods there that Odell, the good looking black guy spent many hours way in the deep woods, hunting and killing deer. So you're saying to me, that at the same time, Odell Cleveland, a good-looking black guy, was out in the woods camouflaged. I was aware of the bears out there. I was aware of the coyotes out there. I was even aware of other people who might not have liked the black guy out there. But I wasn't aware that we had a Proud Boy member in our club. Or maybe just maybe this is after Odell was no longer in the club. Help me out on the timeline here, because the timeline here, Mr. Goble, is very important to me. Well, as I see it, you guys slept in the same bedroom. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so we slept in the same bedroom in the hunt club because folks, the bunks are there. But were we there during the same time? No. 
So <laughs> that makes me feel better because I was nothing against him having the right to be whatever he is, but I didn't want to be involved in any undercover stuff where they're doing maneuvers at the site. And I know exactly where the site was doing maneuvers to do what? To overrun the government or what? What, I don't what know. they use? I don't know. What? Do you all have know, any kind of vehicle? Uh, what kind of weapons were used? No, uh, and the backyard was all blown up. The trees were all blown up. We got calls. I didn't get calls. The owner got a call middle of the night saying that there's a bunch of racket at your house, a bunch of gunfire and stuff going on. You need to get it stopped. And uh, and so I think they were doing is uh, they might be doing using night vision and going out and doing night maneuvers as well. Okay. To the listening audience, let me frame this up. After Odell Cleveland, the good looking black guy, was no longer a member of the Granny's Hunting Club, it appears that other individuals joined the club and had a little bit of liberty with the club. So they were able to allow them to bring their friends up and do maneuvers at night, blowing up things and doing all this kind of stuff. And yeah, that sounds a little crazy to me, but I'll leave that alone. So he was a member of ours, but I remember one situation though, that we had the UTV or ATV. Which one was it? Uh, probably the UTV. I remember once when I was a member of the club that I wasn't there, but I think you went up there once, one Saturday when I was in there. Someone had a rebel flag type dice. I, you remember the little kind of dice holders that people put in a car, you know, a yeah, little fuzzy, white cube? Fi- fuzzy dice. Fuzzy dice. And I think that someone put a rebel flag fuzzy dice on one of the ETV or UTVs. Am I correct? I didn't see it, but I think you mentioned it or I overheard you talking about it. Uh, yep, it was, it was there. And one of the guys did it. And I went and talked to him and said, Hey, that's inappropriate. And he says, well, it's just fun. And I said, well, some people don't think it's fun and I expect you to take it down. And it was taken down. Yes. Okay. I never saw it. So it was taken down, but I know that person was a member of the hunt club at the same time I was a member of the hunt club. Yep. So here's, this is out of Washington, D.C. Former North Carolina leader of the Proud Boys, Charles Donahue, 35, was sentenced to 40 months in prison on Tuesday for participating in conspiracy to violently overthrow the government wow. on January 6th. Uh, he pleaded guilty, avoiding a trial that would have led to a 22-year sentence. Wow. And uh, he was the second Proud Boy overall to plead guilty and agree to cooperate with the government. I didn't know that, gentlemen. You know, but it's interesting as you find the rest of the article, how do you overthrow the government? I mean, who wakes up in the morning and say, I am a proud American citizen and I'm going to go and be a part of a movement to overthrow the government today. And after I overthrow the government, then what? You know, we always say, what's next? Next steps? What does one do once one overthrow the government of the United States of America? Well, that's a good question. You know, when they took over the House of Representatives in the Senate, the Capitol, what did they do with it? What did they do with it? They damaged it. Mm. They tore it apart. That's the people's house. You know, you want to overthrow something. Why are you damaging it? And then what were they going to do? They're going to eat there and sleep there and live there and control it. There's no food. I mean, there's a cafeteria down there, I'm sure, in the basement, but they just were being violent. Well, let's let's be fair. And let's, why, well, let's, uh, let me just ask a question. Uh-huh. Why did they do it? I think they got caught up. I, I personally, and you say, Odell, man, that's your problem. Okay, that is my problem. I think folks got caught up. Yes, I think it was a group of individuals who had a plan to do this. But I think a vast majority of the people who I see or saw and who everyone else see or saw climbing the walls and running through and and feet up on Nancy Pelosi desk and the guy who had the uh, buffalo head on and, you know, just all the way, that, that guy with the buffalo head. Yes. He's running for U.S. Congress. You can't make this stuff up. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no, Goble. Yeah. He's running for U.S. Congress. Yeah. He didn't get charged? Oh, yeah, he was in jail. He was in jail when he got out. He's running for U.S. Congress. But doesn't this 14th Amendment, Section 3, doesn't apply to him? It should. It should, but no. if you don't enforce it, it doesn't matter. 
right? You got to you got to enforce it. I'm sure he's not going to win, but it's amazing. And he says, "I'm going to run for Congress." Yeah, and my campaign poster is going to be what a picture of me in the Capitol with the buffalo head on and skin and all this kind of stuff. That 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 doesn't validate. Here's something interesting. I, I was reading the article when you were talking that Charles Donahue, the guy that was up at our hunt camp, he made a statement. Wow. He was a Marine. You want to hear the next thing? Yeah, sure. He was an Eagle Scout. Wow. I didn't know that. Well, what happened though? I mean- Well, here's what he said. How can I expect to be someone who loves the Constitution and our democratic republic and do what I did and not be a hypocrite? I think people get caught up. I think it's something called mob mentality, peer pressure, whatever. I don't know. But I've been in situations where you get caught up and something inside of me was able to say, Odell, you need to go home. You need to go home. And I remember as a young man turning, a teenager, turning and going home and got called so many words by my friends. Oh, you are a blank and a blank and a blank. And I ran home. Later on, those individuals went to jail for robbing a store, breaking and entering, robbing a store. Now, at first, when the idea came up that, hey, let's go rob the store, everybody like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Odell didn't say anything. But by not saying anything, it takes courage to say, no, let's not do that. So back to the point of Colorado saying, I'm going to take courage and President Trump saying, well, we're going to push it up to the Supreme Court. What do you think is going to happen when it gets to the Supreme Court? Man, my I have no idea. You know, I know being involved in the legal system, there are a number of off ramps that the lawyers can take it down for legal questions. We as lay people who don't know law or in, in that world uh-huh. don't understand the nuances of one word. Wow. For example, when Bill Clinton was being interviewed or deposed for his actions in the White House. Somebody had asked him a question and uh, something, I can't remember the question was, but Clinton's response, who's a lawyer, said, it all depends on what your meaning of the word is, is. Now, who thinks like that? I thought you were going to say, I did not have sexual relations (laughs) with that woman. I thought that's what you were going to say. What is, is? Yeah, that what is, is mean. Wow. With that question that you just posed. You know, what is, is the whole thing coming out with Jeffrey Epstein and just, just a lot of stuff. And don't want to go there, but I'm just saying, man. Some weird people. Listen, I just pulled up a little bit more information. About our honey, honey and camp buddy, buddy? Yeah, our honey and camp buddy. He said on January 6th, Charles Donahue was responsible for relaying communications between the Capitol and the group's leadership, which was not in D.C. They, wow. They weren't in D.C. Then joined in the clashes with police by throwing water bottles. Ultimately, however, he did not enter the Capitol and led a group of men away from the building. To all my black friends out there who have told me for years, Odell, you always going hunting in the woods with all them white people. I want you all to understand that I was not hunting with this young man in the woods, but I do believe in going hunting and fishing with white and black people. So for all the black people who always tell me, Odell, you always hanging out with the white people in the woods. I wouldn't be going in the woods with the white folks and guns. I'll say to you all, just keep praying for Odell. Just keep praying for me because I believe in going hunting. I believe. Uh, and I was there and he he had nothing to do with it. <laughs> okay. Odell did not throw a water bottle at anybody that I saw. Man, I was in the D.C. The black folk who tell me, they're like, hey, you going hunt with all these people, man. You you always going hunt with the white folks and guns. So they're saying a black man in the woods with white folk with guns is not the best decision making process. And it's not the best idea. That's what they're saying, Bill. They're saying, I ain't making the best decision. Because remember now, white people, black people in the woods with a gun, that usually don't turn out good for us. Now, you know, you and I sit in the same deer stand. <laughs> yes, yes, we and, do. And I've watched you in action. Yes. You can't shoot a gun. It keeps getting blanks. You didn't even put it's a bullet in sometimes, it. Sometimes, sometimes for those who, let me explain what he's saying. 
for those who hunt deer, it's something called buck fever. That when that big old deer with them antlers come at you, sometimes you get very, very nervous. That's what happened to me before. And Bill was sitting right there and watching me. So the line of thinking is not the same thing one would do if he had a nine millimeter trying to protect him and his family. This is what this fever, buck fever, and really all it is adrenaline. Adrenaline is just overtaking your body. And I'm telling you, that's the best drug in the world, natural, pure adrenaline. And I love it. That's why I go in the woods. That's why I love hunting. I love the fact that I could sit there and a leaf could fall from a tree. And it's so quiet. I could hear that leaf hitting branch to branch to branch. And every now and then, a big old 10-pointer buck would show up. And man, that adrenaline comes. And I love it because it reminds me of hunting as a boy. And that's why I do it. So, Bill. Supreme Court, we don't know what's going to happen with Colorado. Correct. Now, we have our Speaker of the House, Johnson, who I believe is over his head. I believe that when he makes the statement that either shut down the border or uh, shut down the government, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, Pimpin. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. We understand that you are a puppet Speaker of the House. We understand that. So don't go out there you know, boasting and sticking your chest out, talking about, you know, we're not going to fund Ukraine war. We're not going to fund Israel, you know, because next thing he's going to start talking about, you know, building the wall and who's going to pay for the wall, Mexico, you know, because it's just people are putting words in his mouth. He's not speaking for himself, in my opinion. What say you, my friend, on our speaker, Johnson, who has found himself by default, the speaker of the house, and now he's leading people to the border, look at the border and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not going to do anything. We're not going to vote anything like somebody died and left him in charge of everything. Doesn't he understand this country is more than just one little man trying to be big? Well, you know, I don't know much about him. He came out of nowhere. And uh, obviously his peers think enough of him to make him their speaker. Their puppet? Yeah, it may be that. It may be that. No, wait, I'm a Democrat. I say puppet. You keep saying yeah. you're Republican, so you keep saying speaker and his peers and make it sound good. Yeah, yeah. Is he over his head? One of the things I learned when I worked in the in the House is House of Representatives. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And for a senior member on the Ways and Means Committee, pretty powerful guy. It's all about your staff. If you've got a good staff, you can be successful. Uh, look at Howard Coble here. Oh, uh, he was he was brilliant. Yeah, he was brilliant. He had a great staff. And he took care of his constituency. There was a guy up in Virginia that was was going to be, I don't think he was speaker. Maybe he was, or close to being speaker. And uh, I'll think of his name in a minute. I can see his face. But uh, he was part of the ultra-conservative group and just was just mucking everything up. And uh, he eventually lost his district. And you know why? Why? Because he wasn't paying attention to his constituency. Right. He was busy doing all this stuff with the White House and all this other stuff. Flying to Mar-a-Lago, going down there, meeting Trump, speaking uh, of Mike Johnson. This was before Trump. Eric Cantor, his name was. Oh, Cantor was he, good, though. Eric Cantor was good. And he got kicked out because he didn't follow what was going on. Mm-mm-mm. You know, it's interesting when you see Speaker Mike Johnson going down to Mar-a-Lago and, and just acting like, you know, some people have this little smirk on their face. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like the cat that ate the canary, mm-hmm. but maybe it's just me. Maybe it's the Democrat in me that says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, this guy, I just don't think this guy has the chops to get this thing done. You know, McCarthy, I uh, wasn't a big fan. Didn't I met him years ago. Didn't respect him then. Didn't respect him once he resigned. But at the end of the day, man, we're saying this is the best that we have. This is the best that we have, and it's just not good, in my opinion. Well, you kind of can say that for uh, the presidential election. I agree. I yeah. said no Biden, no Trump, 2024, yeah. but nobody listened to the poor black boy from the dirt roads of South Carolina. So, hey, here we are. This is what we have out of this whole country. You telling me those are two best candidates, one person who's dodging in and out of courtrooms, all these allegations, they're just allegations because I've... I don't think he's been proven guilty of anything. And I'm one who believe that you're innocent until proven guilty. But I mean, come on, man. Is that the best we have? Yeah. 
you know it's it's interesting the uh i don't know what to say about the speaker other than that he's the speaker and i hope he does something well i'm kind of impressed with the democratic minority leader and uh you mean the black guy yeah i think he's during yeah i think he during this whole time he has really taken the high road and uh done it with a lot of grace and uh i think uh public appeal so i think he'd make a great speaker don't say that too much bill you remember now you're republican don't say that don't say that bill because you know your your republican buddy's gonna like wait a minute because it's like now burnt scorch all or nothing you can't say anything good about a democrat because it's almost like we're competing as enemies not as competitors well you know they have to understand something first who's the they the republican party in guilford county Oh, okay. It's specific. Okay. It, uh, first, okay. Tell me how you really feel. First, I'm an American. Oh, yes, sir. Okay. And what's right for America? And I don't care if it's a D or an R or WXYZ. If they're good for America, we ought to support them. Well, let's think about that then. Let, let, help me when Speaker Johnson says either we shut down the border or we shut down the country. Now, I believe that the border is out of control, but I believe the border being out of control is nothing new. I will give President, former President Donald Trump credit on helping stem the border. Did I agree with all his tactics? No, but at the same time, I will give him credit on trying to stem the flow at the border. What I won't give him credit for is how he was able to back away from, we're going to build a wall, a big shiny wall with beautiful doors, and who's going to pay for the wall? And the the crowd like, Mexico! And, you know, now of a sudden, foolishness. Just foolishness. And I think that it can't be a bait and switch that allows people to take credit for things when they fail. And they say, I know that was successful. You know, no, it wasn't. You failed. It didn't work. No, 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 no. That was successful. No, it wasn't an insurrection. No, it was just a tour at the cap. No, no, nothing happened. And when you shut down the government, let's not just talk about what happens here, but what happens to holding Ukraine funding for the war, Israel funding for the war hostage bill. When do we start holding people and situations hostage when did we start doing that well that's that's right we shouldn't we shouldn't do that i think uh that goes way beyond what uh we need to do you know it's i don't know how the country's gotten so divisive so you don't know how the united states of america got divisive well it started when obama was in office the you know there was a whole movement of you know first off he wasn't american he was born someplace else and well and who started that movement uh birtherism i think that's what they called it is that what it was called that birtherism yeah who started that do you know i know do you who president trump did he former president he started that mess trump been talking junk about black people forever forever the disrespect that came along with president barack obama in office people talked about him they talked about his wife on how she looked a certain way. Just people talk it just people just went crazy with their mouth because it was okay. And the thing about America, to your point, when you start talking about if you talk about Jewish people, you talk about black people, you talk about gay people, you talk about anybody, the more people are allowed to disrespect and say things out in the open without any pushback, the louder the voices get you know, the louder it gets. So now all of a sudden you have people went from talking to now attacking LBGQ people from talking to now spray painting swastika stickers on synagogues and, te- you know, from talking to the N-word ain't nothing no more now. So it's so much more, Bill, from that perspective and not saying that uh, white folks are not getting attacked either. So I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying it's almost like people want to do whatever they want to do right now because, hey, our leaders are doing it. Our leaders are saying it. And right now, that's where I believe we have slipped on that slope. And President Trump, whether we want to believe it or not, he's not the problem. He's part of what we want to hear. A certain percentage want to hear because one man cannot control this country. So 
for those who say, well, President Trump is the problem, I say, no, 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 because President Trump can't elect himself. President Trump can't support himself. President Trump can't spend, send all the money that people are in to donate. So it's a lot of people who like President Trump and like what he stands for and what he says. Remind me of the early days of Rush Limbaugh. What do you say, my friend? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that when uh, Obama was president. I used to listen to Rush, and I thought everything he said was the gospel. And uh, as I processed it, after Obama was gone, you know, and uh, when Bush was in there, we had, by the way, we had George Bush come to uh, speak at the Scouts fundraiser at the Raleigh Council. And one question they asked him, do you miss being president? And the guy hardly finished the sentence and he said, <laughs> no. <laughs> and it made me think about, he didn't do a follow-up question. Well, why? But I suspect it's because of how people treat you, mm. you know, and the way Rush would talk about the president in a very disrespectful way, but also on a very personal basis and personal attacks. And then as I matured in my political thinking. What does that mean? Matured in your political thinking? Help me understand that. Well, I started looking at things with a different set of lenses, a set of lenses that question things, like you said, question it, not like they're in a witness stand, but question it for common sense. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense because, and the reason why I asked you that and mm -hmm. get back to it is the fact that when I was in college, before I went to college, when I was first registered to vote in my community, people were like, hey, you just register and you, you vote straight ticket Democrat, just straight ticket Democrat, straight ticket. I'm like, okay, okay. Hey, listen, I got my marching orders. I vote in straight ticket Democrat. And then I got in college and I started reading and understanding. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. But I still voted straight ticket Democrat. Mm-hmm. Then when I graduated and got in the business world, you know, graduated business degree, got a corporate job. Then I started thinking, it's like, wait a minute, I'm not going to vote straight ticket anymore. I'm going to do my research on the different candidates. So that's when I started voting for a Republican, a Democrat, independent. And then later on, as I matured, back to your point, I got to the point where I would endorse Democrats and or Republicans and people had a fit. It's like, get Odell back in line. What are you doing endorsing a Republican? What are you doing endorsing a white person? And it's like, you rather me vote for a Democrat who I know nothing about and you know nothing about than a Republican who's sitting over here trying to work across the aisles and make a difference. And they, yeah, yeah, you vote straight ticket. We tell you how to vote. And I'm like, the devil is a liar. Amen. Amen. You know, that's called uh, folks that are entitled, called entitlement. Okay. If you're a Democrat, you're entitled to your vote, you know, to. Well, okay, that's what vote. that's what Bush said. Wait a minute. Not Bush. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Joe Biden made the statement that if you're black and you don't vote Democrat, something's wrong. I can't remember the statement, so I, I don't want to say know. it, but he said that it pissed me off. Hmm. That's not a good word for, for a Baptist preacher to say, <laughs> pissed him off, right? You were powered off. I was powered off because <laughs> I thought President Biden, and I'm not a fan of President Trump, so don't even go there with y'all. Don't don't go there, lesser two evils. No, I think President Biden needs to understand just because I'm black and I'm a Democrat, I don't have to vote for him. And if I don't vote for him, it's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. Because it's my right on what I do and not do. With my vote, President Biden, is my right, not yours. I guess because I'm coming from a business background. If you have a business and say you have an opening for a VP of marketing or chief financial officer or chief operating officer or chief executive officer. Right. You don't say just because the person under them has been waiting for that spot and might have been a vice chair or something like that doesn't mean they're automatically going to get it because- the responsibility of the board of directors is put the best person they can find in that job. Right. Now, they would do a search and include that individual, but they may find somebody outside that is spectacular. And the goal in a corporation is to have the corporation grow, provide jobs, make income for the shareholders. And you don't look at a D or an R or a W or whatever. You look at who's best qualified for that job. And so that does a couple things. One is it provides good quality people at the top, but it also provides incentive to do a good job below. 
and prove your worth. So as I got involved with the Republican Party here, you know, I started hearing rumblings of things. For example, Mark Walker, the first time he ran. You mean Congressman Mark Walker, who's going to win again this upcoming election? Yeah. Because, you know, it's really just a Republican primary. There's no Democrat running in this new redrawn 6th district. Yeah, that's what I heard. It's been redrawn for Republicans, so no Democrat's going to win unless he's exceptional. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But uh, Mark didn't tell me. Somebody else told me that uh, when Mark ran the first time, the Republican Party said, it's not your time. It's not yours. We got someone else chosen. And that's a wrong attitude. And then I met a young man when I was filing my uh, signatures for being on the school board. Wait a minute. What, what do you mean by filing your signatures? What does that mean? Uh, I have to get 2,138 signatures to get on the ballot in November. And I've got about 1,400 collected. I want to get another 1,000, and then I should be in good shape. And I have to do that by March 5th. So if anybody wants to help me, give us a call. And my phone, 336-202-6485. So if someone want to help you, help you go door to door in District 3. Correct. Correct. So mm-hmm. it's like you can't just sign this the ballot. I mean, you can't sign the signatures if you live anywhere in Greensboro, North Carolina. You have to live in District 3. However, wherever you live, you could come and help you go door to door to help get the signatures. Correct. Yes. Okay. It's, it's right. And I need uh, some help uh, for early voting. There's uh, four locations that we're going to need to cover. So that starts like February 19th and goes through March 3rd. No, March 1st. So if anybody's interested in that, give me a call and we'll schedule some time. Okay. And and I and I apologize. I interrupted. You were saying when you were signing up for signatures, you yes. met a young man. Yes. A young man that wants to run for North Carolina House. And probably in his 30s. And I asked him, I said, are you running? He goes, yeah. I said, what? What?" He said, North Carolina District, I think 62. But uh, so I started saying, you know, he was getting instructions from the Board of Elections on how to file his financial affidavits because it's real important. You have to file once a quarter how Uh much money you raised and what you did with the money. And you can easily violate that by not filing properly. Okay. And one of my concerns was, I didn't want to go through that. So I hired someone professional that's doing it for me and a professional treasurer. So I shared with them who that was and how much it cost and why I did it. It's not cheap, but it's worth the money. And so we started talking and I said, well, have you contacted the Republican Party? He goes, no, they contacted me. This guy, Chris Meadows, called me, who's the chairman. And he said he basically told me to get out of the race that they had already chosen someone to support and he had no business doing it because he's never attended any Republican event. And if he's interested, he needs to start attending events, not running for office. And I thought, wow. I'm not doubting the young man, but we both know Chris Meadows personally. Wow. If the allegation is true, that's powerful to say, hey, man, if you don't come through the right channels, you can't even not the not saying we're not going to support you, but you can't even run. Period, well, because you didn't come and ask our permission. Do you think some of that could be true? Well, I know it's true because uh, Lee Haywood, who's another executive member of the man, GOP, you, here, you, you dropping names, yeah, man, he, like LeBron James dropping points. Yeah, he told me because he ran for Congress twice and lost twice, so he's loser. Uh, oh, Goba, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> what's wrong with you? We're talking about January 6th and President Trump and the 14th Amendment Section 3. At least I thought that's what we were talking about, but obviously we're not. So go ahead and talk about what you spill in the tea. Go ahead and spill the tea, my friend. Yeah, so he uh, <laughs> he went and he told me, he said, you know, Mark Walker was going to run again. And he said, it's not Mark's time. He had his time. It's not his time. He says, I had my time. Everybody gets their time. This isn't Mark's time. He already had his time. And I'm thinking, what the heck's he talking about? Mark is the best candidate oh, from the Republican Party. Yeah. Congressman Mark Walker has be. experience. He's the best candidate. I would support him. I yeah. can't vote for him, of course, in the Republican primary, but Mark's a good dude, man. Yeah. Mark's a good dude. Yeah. And he is. And I'd support him too. So I heard it from Lee. And then I heard it from some people that know Mark close that. 
he got a lot of static with the Republican Party locally. And oh, for, what? For, for running for running this time because they had chose somebody else. And uh Whoa, 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 whoa. They had chose someone else. Okay, for the listening audience who from around the country, and thank you all so much for listening. Former Congressman Mark Walker was elected in the sixth district and did a great job for a couple of years. Odell personally uh, endorsed him, blase, blase. Then the lines were drawn in North Carolina. We changed the lines like changing underwear around here. So the lines were redrawn and it positioned it for a Democrat to win. Current Congressman Kathy Manning ran and did a great job and she's doing a great job. Well, now they redraw the lines again. And so now it favors the Republicans. So I guess Congressman Mark Walker, former Congressman Mark Walker, who was running for governor after the lines were redrawn, said, well, wait a minute. Instead of governor, I'm going to go back and run for my old seat that I had that I couldn't win when they redrew the lines. So that's what Bill is talking about, that Congressman Mark Walker is running again for the 6th district, his old district, but it's not, it doesn't mirror the old district because again, we, you know, like an etch-a-sketch around here. You take, you draw some lines, don't like it, and you shake it, etch-a-sketch, and draw some new lines. That's just North Carolina. That's how we roll. Do I agree with it? No, but I understand, hey, gerrymandering, rejoin lines, rejoin districts, that's just part of it. And politics is a contact sports with sharp elbows and those in charge do what they do because when the Democrats was in charge, they did it. When the Republicans in charge, they're doing it. And that's just politics. That's just policy. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Well, you know, I hear people say, yeah, politics is dirty and there's sharp elbows and stuff. I don't consider it dirty. I just consider it opportunist. If you have the power, you make the rules. And it's kind of like, he who has the gold makes the rules. And so when you're in business, when you have a competitor, you're doing everything you can legally to make your competitor's business small and yours bigger. They're not doing anything illegal. Like what they did to me with the school board was totally legal. The last You're one, not on the school board anymore? No, the last one was really on the school board. No, I resigned in August. So I'm gonna run and get the people to support me. And when I get the mandate that I'm on the school board, then I'm going to probably be a little different. So the people, so you're saying I'm going to ask the people of district three to make the decision. You got it. You know, the fact that I was appointed and the current guys appointed great, but it's really the people that need to make decisions. So, so we're going to do that. We're going to let people make the decision and we'll take it from there. You know, I want to switch gears for one minute. Can I say something before you switch? Yeah. Can I read the statement? Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. I guess the ain't was him trying to get a little, you know, whatever. But if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. That's the point I was trying to make. And I couldn't okay. remember the quote, but that's pretty bold. That's pretty oh, that's bold. come on, man. Yeah. I mean, come on, come on. So, that, that, that's that's beyond bold. That's really insulting. Well, you know, the name of the show is Common Ground. And I don't know if that makes Common Ground work. And, you know, but I wanted to talk about you've got a speaking engagement at the synagogue in honor of Martha Luther King's Day. And uh, why don't we talk about that when it is when this podcast air on Friday, the, the 12th. 12th, that's the night you'll be at the synagogue, I think, at seven o'clock uh, speaking. And uh, your subject is going to be common ground. So talk about that. You know, it's first thing, let me say it's an honor to be asked to speak at such a powerful event to be on the Beamer. And this will be my second time. And I think, as I understand it, I am the only one who's been asked to speak the second time. Part of it will be about Martin Luther King Jr. and all what he did for this country. And then some would be about common ground. You're absolutely right. So don't want to go into what the subject matter and all that's going to be. However, it's an honor because this is a time, a time such as this, where it's so much discourse going on right now. And to your point, the country is divided and I will stand up there and I'm preparing and I feel real good about the sermon. I'm praying and asking those and I'll ask you and the listening audience to pray for me that God will continue to show me and reveal to me what to say. But I'll say this, and I'll leave it here. I've been having 
messages in my dreams about this. Really? Yeah. Subject wow. matter messages. Cool. And, and I wake up, it's like, oh man, you know, so, so I'm excited. Do about you write down, you write down what you're getting. I do. I Good. do. Good. I do. And it's like, I'm excited about it. And just the whole idea of the leadership of the temple in the Jewish community, believing in me to come and present. You really? And it's just, it's, it's, it's a powerful statement. I feel real good about the sermon and I don't have it all together yet, but I have a big part of it together. And it's kind of surprising me what God is revealing me to say to the people. And it's just, it's good. It's it's good. So folks, it's Friday that you're hearing this Friday, the 12th at seven o'clock at Temple Emanuel in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, you're certainly welcome to come and and listen to Odell talk about Martin Luther King and Common Ground. Yeah, yeah. Please come and and hey, it's gonna be a big deal. It's a big deal. And again, I just want to say thank you to leadership for allowing me to speak. Bill, speaking of that, you know, when I come to your house, I see three flags outside. Mm-hmm. What's those three flags that you have outside of your house for everybody to see, and why? Well, the first one I put up, and I put a flagpole up, because I I used to have it on a tree and used to have to climb up and unfurl it because it get caught upside. So you climbing the tree now? No, uh-uh. okay, no. I I went and uh, bought a flagpole and put it up. So the American flag and has a light on it at night, so it stays up. Wow. And then it can hold two flags. So where I come from in Parma, there's a Ukraine village, and uh, it's right next to my house and where I grew up, and I have a lot of Ukrainian friends. And I think Ukraine is is fighting our battle for democracy, and uh, we're providing, we, we should provide more, ammunition and military equipment. They're providing the human element of it. And so without having to have soldiers on the ground, we're fighting for democracy in Europe and worldwide. So that's Ukraine. And then when Israel is attacked on January 6th. 7th? 7th, sorry. Was it January seventh? I don't think. No, 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 no. Let's fix that. Israel was attacked on. It was January eighth, I think. No, January. it wasn't January, Bill. It wasn't January. Okay, you look it up while I'll tell you okay. about the flag. Okay. Right. The uh, couple bozos here. We don't know <laughs> what we're talking about. But uh, I put the Israeli flag up, and I ordered it online, and uh, they didn't have a lot of them, so I took the one that they had inventory of, and this thing came in. It was six foot by twelve foot. Right. It was huge. So I put it up and uh, it just about came about four feet from the ground, but it was huge. Everybody noticed it. Well, somebody came and stole it during the day. They pulled it down. They didn't touch Ukrainian or the American. And so I ordered another one and put it way up higher in a smaller. So what was the date? So this is the date. Israel military officials say at least 170 soldiers have been killed during the country's ground invasion of Gaza which came after 1,200 people were killed and 240 hostages were seized after Hamas launched multi-pronged attacks on Israel on October the 7th, October the 7th, not January the 6th. Boy, we are on top of things, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, we, we just, we, we're a ball of fire, ain't we? Hey, listen, October the 7th. Maybe they're yeah. gonna they're not going to let you speak if you don't get the date right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say the wrong date. You said the wrong date. So, but, but we're a team. So, hey, yeah. you know, but at the end of the day, you know, is nothing. You get to make mistakes, say the wrong thing, say the wrong date. And ask for grace and mercy when you go back and correct it. You got it. You I got think it. the issue is. Have you ever been corrected by your wife? Oh, all the time. All the time. When you, and, how about when you drive? Well, yeah. I'm, I've been married for 38 years and <laughs> dated her for four before we got married. So I've been with, with this woman for 42 years and I'm love her, I love her and my nose is wide open. But back to the point of <laughs> when you make mistakes, someone got up there and stole the flag. Yes. Why is it hard, so hard when someone make a mistake? To come back and say, I'm sorry, I did that. Or someone who's, who sprayed the swastika on the um, uh, Holocaust. Right. What she won't take off her boots. I mean, man, we get caught up and we do things. And what's wrong with saying we were wrong, Bill? What's wrong with admitting that we were wrong? Well, you know, Charles Donahue, the Proud Boys, he admits he's wrong. Mm. Okay. And he's mending his ways. So 
Should I hold it a grudge? Should I hold it over? Said absolutely not. But I do think you need to set an example. Here's somebody who went down the wrong path, okay, and has paid the price, mm-hmm. has admitted, asked for forgiveness, and is trying to put his life back together. We should help him with that. We shouldn't. In fact, he may be somebody that we want to put on the podcast. Uh, mm, <laughs> uh, mm, okay. He's still in prison, so we could have to be a Zoom. Uh, mm, <laughs> switching subjects. Can, can I go to another subject? Yeah, we got to close, though. We only got a couple minutes. But before we close, we just want our hearts and prayers to go out to the family of Sergeant Philip Dale Nix. For those who don't know, Sergeant Nix was a Greensboro police officer who lost his life trying to prevent a crime in Greensboro a couple of days ago. And Bill, my understanding, you went to the memorial or to the the square. It was a remembrance service at the City Hall Square. How was that? It was it was very moving. In fact, I'll tell you what we ought to do. Let's do a little podcast on not only the detective and sergeant, but uh, we can talk about the impact that had on our community, the police department, and the the individuals that killed him. Mm-hmm. It was an eighteen year old kid. Wow! And uh, and some of the details of it. Let's let's do that on a podcast. And uh, and I want to talk about how could we have prevented this by providing the youth that did it downstream before this happened, maybe when he was eight or nine, Mm. provide him some resilience to some of the adverse childhood experiences and adverse community experiences that put him down the wrong path. Let's talk about that. And also, yes, I agree. In addition to that, though, a mother, I mean, a wife lost her husband. Yeah. And some children lost a dad. Right. So, so I know when we talk in podcast, we're not trying to make reasons why the young man did what he did. He did it. He did it. He did it. And he's going to be tried for what he did. And he's going to be punished for what he did. And I agree with that. Okay. Let's, let's talk about that. Next thing. We're is that, the, is that you saying, okay, Odell, let's go, let's go. Let's leave yeah, that one alone and move on. Yeah, okay. We're at, we're an hour right now. So we need to shut her down. We need to shout it down. All right. Before we shout it down, my friend, tell me about your election coming up and what can we do to help and what can the people here do to help? Well, as I mentioned earlier, you can call me and uh, right now I'm uh, about a thousand signatures away. I've been going door to door, which I love. Uh, So tomorrow I'll probably go out after the ice storm comes through and I'll go out Sunday. After the ice storm, you're going out there in your boots and uh, sliding on the ice trying to get signatures, yeah, my friend? I think by the time I get ready to go out, it's going to be past and it's going to be warm. And warm That's right. You're from Ohio. Yeah, Snow is... and ice don't bother you. No, nah, no. Nah, we're just a hearty group. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I just want to say thank you for everything you do. And, you know, Bill, we need you on the school board, my friend. We need you on the school board. Well, thank you. And I look forward to being on it. It's one step at a time. Okay. Last words, my friend. I think uh, we had a great year last year. I, we did uh, probably 52 podcasts. Wow. Uh, so we're about a, at about 175 right now. And we're in 49 countries and every state of the union. I consider that a blessing. It is a blessing. And I think someone mentioned to me, said, hey, Odell, if I want to advertise on you all's podcast, what do I need to do? Who do I need to contact? And all that good stuff. So, Bill, if someone wants to advertise on the podcast or support the podcast with commercial, because we have commercials on there, they contact. Yeah, they can get a hold of me at uh, Bill at GlobalForCommonGround.com. Okay. Bill at GlobalForCommonGround.com, and we'll get you set up. All right. Thank you. Listen, again, thank you so much for following us. We thank our good friends for supporting us. I thank my buddy Jim Hoffman for his responses and he replies back to our podcast. So I'll be talking to Jim and hopefully having a cup of coffee at my corporate headquarters, Panera Bread on Lawndale Drive. And we just say thank you for supporting us all this time because, you know, we can agree to disagree, 
because we're all about trying to find common grounds. We're not trying to question each other like we on the witness stand, but we want to question each other for a better understanding. So thank you for all your support and please continue to listen. Stay blessed. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. All rights reserved. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PNL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com.